This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. And welcome back to another episode of the Video Junk Air Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Eric O'Branson and Ryan Stiskel. Guys, how's it going? It's going. Going good, actually. It's going okay. I do have a disclaimer to admit right away at the beginning, if you guys don't mind. <clears throat> sure. Disclaimer away. Uh, so I made a, mis- a terrible mistake in our last video of Van Helsing, where I confused Igor, played by Kevin J. O'Connor... For the actor Tom Newland, who played uh, the creep character in Last Action Hero. I, I, I think when I was a kid, uh, I thought they were the same fucking people. They weren't. <laughs> and then, luckily enough, That's the up. next movie we're reviewing has Tom Newland in it as Frankenstein. So, you know, Igor Frankenstein, I feel somewhat justified it's in my okay. stupidity. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so I felt like that's, it was worth... You know, that's funny when you said Tom Noonan the last the last week. I kind of missed like I didn't put it together with like I know who that actor is. I know him as Frankenstein of this movie. I know him from uh, especially from Manhunter as a favorite role. Of, uh, yes, Manhunter too. His yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah, I don't know why I didn't put two and two together with that. It just kind of anyway. Yeah, you're right. It's we all, all of our we faults. We have all done that before. <laughs> I have <laughs> I have definitely no uh, yeah done that from time to time on the uh, podcast. I have. <laughs> I try to catch myself when I do and do the same thing and just kind of issue a retraction because I'll get talking about something and uh, my mouth moves faster than my brain and I'll say something. And then later I'll be like, that might not have been exactly right. And I'll look it up and be like, ah, crap. <laughs> well, I mean, it, so. we lucked out because, like, it's not every day that you, you, you see a, the movie with the right actor look at them once again still in heavy prosthetics and go, oh, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> close though there, there are similarities of... in the makeups but for sure in so. the behaviors yeah. yeah 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 i i used to uh there's a couple actors i still to this day get get confused so and i can see that i also see the connection you know physically so yeah um yeah, yeah. so yeah no, no big deal i actually did the opposite the other day i was watching um uh the michael doherty movie trick-or-treat Mm-hmm. A Halloween classic. Yes. Uh, and I knew that Brian Cox was in that movie. I knew that. But I kept looking at Brian Cox and going, is that really Brian Cox? <laughs> like, I second guess <laughs> what I knew was a fact. I had to Google it. I was like, of course it's Brian Cox. What the fuck? <laughs> so, I mean, this is like Brian one Cox shot where he is... just looks so different. I'm like, is that really? <laughs> Brian Cox is so recognizable. Like, there's those new McDonald commercials, and I'm like, that's Brian Cox's voice, right? Now I got to look it up. I don't think I've seen those. Hold on. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but but I know he's very distinct. So I believe you picked it out. Like, I, yeah. like it's that voice, the way that he does. Hold on. I have to look it up because I don't want to do a fucking another redaction. <laughs> <laughs> Not Brian Cox. Well, 
I don't think yeah, we'll be I don't quite know. as I mean, worried about if you're right about that. Yeah, McDonald's I used to get commercial. John Glover, and I don't know. I always thought John yep, Glover I was right. looked like Thank Alice God. Cooper. <laughs> okay, sorry, keep going. John Glover. I was just say I always thought John Glover looked like Alice Cooper. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Hmm. Like they could be in a movie together as brothers, and it'd be a weird movie, because it'd be John Glover and Alice Cooper. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's make that movie. Well, I don't know what it's about. Weird movies like that it. somehow got made. <laughs> Tonight we are continuing our Halloween uh, special extravaganza, pacing our way through October with uh, horror or Halloween movies that were uh, kind of part of our youth growing up, or at least marketed to us when we were at that age. It was two yeah. thirds uh, of last us. week. Yeah. We looked at Van Helsing, which was something from a little bit more of Ryan's time. And tonight we are going to check out the 1987 film, The Monster Squad. You know who to call when you have ghosts. But who do you call when you have monsters? We're the Monster Squad. What's a squad? It's like Miami Vice, I think. They're young and inexperienced. Naughty virgin. They're a bit disorganized. Monsters are not real. We don't know that, sir. 2,000-year-old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves. But when strange things start happening in town... There's a monster in my closet. Ooh! Look at that big, scary monster! What's happening? Do I see a werewolf? Silver bullet? They're the only ones ready to do battle. Something's out there is killing people. And if it's monsters, nobody's going to do a thing about it but us. Soon the creatures of the night show you move around. Real monsters? Us? Midnight in the world, remember? Maybe we can be like Mask Squad and Stingy. Two mask bombs. Yeah, 235. Big back up. Hey, Amitra Squad. The book is right. Don't you see it's all true? By midnight. You guys. They won't seem so young anymore. <laughs> Monster Squad. Wolfman Squad. So this one's directed by Fred uh, Decker. Was written by Fred Decker and Shane Black, who's gone on to do. Well, both of them have gone on to do quite a lot. I mean, yeah. uh, I was surprised Andrew... by Shane Black because I'm like, wow. So I, he, I, I'm surprised Halloween didn't take place on Christmas. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Uh, this one stars Andre too. Gower, uh, Robbie Keeger, and Stephen Macht. Um, quick plot synopsis and before Tom we Noonan. jump into it. And Tom and Noonan. Tom Noonan. <laughs> A young group of monster fanatics attempt to save their hometown from Count Dracula and his monsters, mostly based off of the Universal Classics, kind of like last week when we talked about Van Helsing. It's, yeah. so, it's another weird. Monster it's mash almost movie. like... Another Monster Mash movie. It's like so, we planned for um, this or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, Ryan, had you seen this one before? No! I was very enthusiastic when we were talking about uh, doing this uh, Halloween thing. Uh, I, I remember... Like, we were discussing earlier, like, who brought this up, and I didn't want to admit it, but it's just like, I reminded you... I, sa- I said it. 
Like okay. I knew it was on the list. It was you. No, it I'm it, it was me. It, once again. I have to redact. Um, <laughs> it's um, I, this is my first time. I really wanted to see it. Uh, I I knew it was a cult classic. I was excited. I never seen it, and I thought like this is the opportunity. And I briefly have a a Prime membership because I did a free trial. I really wanted to see an Evangelion movie. Don't judge me. Anyways. Yeah, that's right. This one is I, available on Amazon. It was on Amazon. Not and we, judging. You know. Do that. I do that all the time with free trials. So. And yeah. right. And it's like uh, I wanted to take advantage, and I was so fucking disappointed. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, we'll get more into that. More. Oh, what we will. You, yeah. Um, this is a weird one for me. It's it's certainly of my, you know, of my childhood. Like I feel like this is a movie I should have seen. This is a movie I should have seen. I feel robbed because I didn't see this movie when I was a kid. I saw this movie for the first time when I was about 16. Oh. 17. Uh, when when friends of mine went, what do you mean you haven't seen Monster Squad? Then we found a copy of it somewhere. But, um, yeah, I grew up without this one. I was not even aware of its existence. And the reason I get so upset that this is not something that I saw when I was a kid is because, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I grew up with, like, the Universal Monsters being my, like, favorite thing in the world. Like, they were the, kind of my gateway into horror told the story a hundred times but um it being a kind of like 80s <laughs> i'm, la- I'm laughing because style your drac your dracula i'm sorry your display pick on is dracula as you're saying yeah. this on skype <laughs> no one else knows that but both joe and eric are frankenstein and dracula classics yeah big impact this yeah. happened back in Not spring all, so. <laughs> like they've yeah. been up on this since the spring yeah sorry <laughs> i thought it was cute, um so. But yeah, it's just strange to me that like I I didn't come across this movie prior to um, being an older teen when I saw it finally. Um, saw it and kind of had kind of a like meh effect on me. I saw it again years later and enjoyed it a lot more. I just don't know, wasn't in the mood for it maybe the first time. But anyway, it it's, yeah, this it's, is one... it's grown on me. Yeah, this is one I I saw. I don't remember the first time I saw it. Um, it was a, a, I know it was at the video store in the near where I grew up because that's where I first saw it. Was I rented it from there? Um, I was probably an early teen, and it it I so I remember it being maybe younger than early teen because I remember it. It didn't feel dated. It felt pretty contemporary. Mm. Um, and I've seen it a couple of times over the years. I think what's funny is I watched this the last time I saw it was probably right before we started doing the podcast because I'm sh- I'm sure this got brought up at some point in an early discussion of the podcast of like we should do monster squad at some point but it almost felt too too on the nose <laughs> yeah this is but, one that know, it, it's, everybody seen it. <laughs> has recommended what do I describe yeah. the podcast to people like they're like oh <clears throat> it seems to be one of the movies that comes up like right away like oh have you guys done monster squad it's like no we haven't and we'll probably get around to that someday but yeah I felt I feel like we had talked about it and went like, well, no, that's kind of an obvious choice. And it's, uh, um, I don't know why, why we get like that. Cause you know, we make the rules so we can break the rules essentially right. most of the time. So, but anyway, we did talk about it and kind of decided not to do it at that time. And it just kind of sat there on the list and sat there and sat there and sat there. I know my wife has harped on me about, you know, getting this one on the show a time or two as well. And, uh, yeah, this Halloween was the perfect opportunity. Well, one thing that kind of struck me with this viewing, again, I've seen it numerous times, but as I've said before, it's always a little different when you rewatch something, even if you've seen it many times, um, specifically for 
cult, you know, a review because you just kind of notice things different about it because you're watching it differently. But well, cultural changes. Um, well, yeah. that too. But like I said, I think I first saw last saw this maybe three years ago. Okay. Um, okay. So not that long ago, but it uh, you know the the plot synopsis that I read off of IMDb. You know, a group of a young group of monster fanatics attempts to save their hometown from Count Dracula and his monsters. Yeah, that's about the most coherent plot in this because it I really mean, is all over the place. This movie is the Goonies versus the monsters, essentially, is uh, what we're getting. <laughs> like, but they're like on that, like the editing for this is very fucking weird. Like I yeah, swear to like, yeah. so I watch this with my partner. Uh, she doesn't like me saying her name on the podcast, so I try not to do it. Um. And we both agreed, like, there's jumps significantly throughout the movie where you feel like there's other parts of the story going on. They were, are we missing something? Like, this movie is only an hour and, like, an hour and six minutes. Like, not including it's the credits. Hour and 21, I think, is what it runs. But yeah, that would be hour Hour six is when the credits start. So it's, like, pretty much an hour. Because the title sequence also kind of lasts a little bit. But it's just, like, you jump. And there's backstories going around that they don't point out to. For example, the mom was totally going to leave the dad at the end of the movie. She had bags packed. And then the dynamite thing happened with Dracula. Did yeah. you guys catch that? I don't yeah. think I noticed that. But I think I remember. She was going to take the AI kids and... too. She had I don't the think kids I, like, packed. Thought it out enough, but. There's stories going on behind here, and they jump. <laughs> like, the first time that Dracula, I swear to God, actually meets these kids is near the end of the movie. Though, it seems to depict that he's already met them? Yeah, because he's like... Yeah, there's some weird stuff. I, I yeah, have a I wonder bunch if of some questions about Dracula. Got cut <laughs> here and there, yes. because it does seem like it's got a short runtime, and I, I agree, it like seems like there's some story missing here and there. I wonder if they just kind of, like, went like, wow, this thing's like focusing on stuff that doesn't matter to our target audience so we're just gonna like jump into it chop all this stuff out there is uh and we didn't do this like we did with the island of dr moreau uh this time around there is a documentary about this film called the wolf called wolfman's got nards and uh made by the star of the film i think andre gower mm-hmm. and uh it's Still kind of about device. the movie it's uh and just kind of it's, it's cult and let like lasting success and whatever but um, I don't know. Maybe they go into some of that there. I think it'd be an interesting because of that question. I think it'd be an interesting watch. But yeah, there, there's a yeah. I really should watch that one because I'm, I'm familiar with it. I haven't seen it though. There's when when they're when the kid is trying to like rally up the other ones. Like we've got to go stop these things. All he really knows is a couple things he's heard that's going on in town mm-hmm. regarding like a mummy going missing and what he assumes is a werewolf. And he goes, and Dracula's probably here too. And... (laughs) I mean, we just can assume that, that, right? We're just going to assume, and yep, you're right. I mean, it's like he just kind of assumes this whole thing going on. It, 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 yeah, I I just kind of wondered. And also, like, where the fuck did Dracula get the cool car? Yeah, good question. I just assumed he had a cool Dracula car, like it was a, yeah. But it's like customized and shit. <laughs> and I didn't honestly from the beginning of this one, I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that there was so much dynamite 
sticks of dynamite involved. Yeah, in... Dracula dynamiting things was definitely one of the things I wrote down. Like, this is interesting. Interesting <laughs> yeah. take on Dracula with yeah. his love of dynamite. Like, Well, what did you think, Eric? And I'm going to ask you this specifically, uh, Kurt Ryan, also feel free to answer, but um, Duncan Regier as Dracula in this one compared to um, Ian Van Helsing. What are your thoughts <laughs> of this Dracula? Okay. Not necessarily a favorite Dracula, but compared to Richard Roxburgh and Van Helsing, we're 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 in much better territory here. Um, he's, I don't know. It's it's kind of, by comparison, it's a lot better. Is it a great Dracula? Per, like, is it a favorite, or is it ever going to be a lasting? Like, this is who I think of as Dracula. No, but it's it's serviceable. It makes it through. He's not a whiny, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really didn't care for the depiction that they used in Van Helsing at all. So he's fine, I guess, is as, as much as I'll give it. <laughs> I will um, I will say, respectively, that he is more or less on par, I think, with The Last Dracula for different reasons. <laughs> um, mind you, I enjoyed the just hammy terrible acting of the last dracula we just watched where it's just like this is so fucking awful it's cringy and it makes me laugh this (laughs) yeah this dracula i think he's only getting points because he's dressed as one of your favorite classic monsters and i i think that's the bias there however i will say you don't get a lot of draculas that say to a five-year-old girl give me the amulet you little bitch so yeah. yeah oh that's a classic line that's in a this classic <laughs> did not see that fucking come in and like seeing all the entrails for the wolfman as well just going like or more accurately being asked by my partner like who's this movie for and me saying for kids no it's not yeah honey it was in the, it was made in the 80s this is a kid's yeah, movie. 1987 <laughs> it did get a pg-13 rating but they certainly wanted this to be for kids like yeah this was uh yeah that was the goal. That's exactly. So, that's why the. That's why the whole. But fucking narrative is structured like a like an hour long Scooby Doo special. Yeah, <laughs> like well, hence it, the jumps. I think things like you know blowing up the Wolfman probably bother adults a lot more than they do kids. I think kids would think that shit's fucking awesome. So I. <laughs> well, the whole the whole premise of the movie is like kids like. Hey, what can kill a werewolf? Two things, silver bullet and, well, not dynamite, apparently. That answered a question. Yeah, and he, yeah well, they used they, that as a joke, because, uh, what's his it's name? It's foreshadowed, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, only one thing Push- can kill a werewolf. What, what the heck was his name? Is it, uh... Kurt, you talking about, like, Peepin' Tom McGee? The cool kid, the cool yeah. kid, yeah. Uh, the, the greaser dude. The kid uh, sorry, who's like I, two I'm, years old. I'm fighting older. my cast list here, so yeah, the, the guy. The, they said that he was the older kid. He's like the you know He's high like, school kid hangs out with the. It's like ooh, cool. It's like know? when a 15 year old hangs out with 12 year olds, and you're like, oh, he's in high school. And he's like, yeah, but nobody yeah. pay attention to the fact that I'm a high school freshman and I get thrown on the bubbler on a daily basis. But no, well, that's a cool leather jacket. That's a cool leather on jacket. His bicycle. <laughs> that's right. And cigarettes and yeah. Wait I mean, a minute. The the best part of this movie really is is the monsters all the monsters are pretty well done i especially love tom woodruff as the gill man in this. yes it's like yes it's cool kind of a crime how suit. little you get of the gill man but how great the design is yeah one of my well, favorite gill man, always... second only to you know the original creature from the black lagoon yeah yeah so. well yeah. and then and, shape and the... of water is actually pretty impressive the yeah whole... shape of water is great yeah. i still haven't seen that one but the whole gill man like creature from the black lagoon this version 
stuff like that has always been another favorite of mine behind the Wolfman. You know what? Um, yeah. I'm with you on that. And so I should mention, I brought up that the two of you have Frankenstein Joe and Dracula Eric. That's it. I should just do the Gill Man. I love the Gill Man. Like, that was my... Yeah. my fuck. Okay. There. Yeah. The triad, this one was... And this is a cool one. And even... <laughs> and I'm and I, as a self-proclaimed werewolf connoisseur... Um, oh, yeah. Um especially when it comes to their designs the, you know, I'm, I'm particular about wolfman designs like there's a certain way that I like envision a werewolf but what did you think of wolfman in, in this movie um, um but... it's it's a little more wolfman than werewolf like yeah. in my head canon he's got some yeah. sharp um, features absolutely. does he not in this but it's pretty cool <laughs> though I actually I actually like it I liked the transformation stuff I loved the whole blow him up and he comes back together yeah just magically um, telekinetically pulling limbs yeah. back together. <laughs> so well, and I liked it too that earlier in the movie when they're talking about that that conversation of what what can kill a werewolf, and they say silver bullets. One of the other kids rambles off a bunch of random things like shove him out of a window, hit him with a bat, a bomb, and those are the three things they do. I did not in catch like that one sequence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. They they beat him with a bat. They push him out the window and with the dynamite. Blow him he blows up with the dynamite. Up, and he still comes back, but. Wolfman's got nards. That's right. But yeah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny Check when Gilman came in. Apparently, Gilman's weakness is just an e- just a shotgun. It's it's actually relatively yeah. easy to kill. He he probably yeah. doesn't even survive long on land. That's if we're yeah. gonna be honest. He well, probably I do want to mention that the guy who plays the human form of the Wolfman in this is Jonathan Grease, who we've seen in a couple of movies. The one that comes to mind right away is uh, Real Genius. Yeah, yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. So he's been in lots of stuff, but otherwise, the the human characters in this. Well, I guess before well, we get on to this, I want to mention Tom Noonan as Frankenstein's monster. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Which is really well done. Yep, another great portrayal of Frankenstein's monster. We we picked the if you're gonna pick the two like best things out of these movies, like Frankenstein's monster ends up taking the cake in both of the last two movies we've watched as being like good portrayals of this character. Right. Um, we all, yeah. there's also think, the mummy too, but he's really yeah. really brief. Just kind of shambles around, but he looks yeah. cool. He looks cool. Um, looks cool. Yeah. Uh, Stan Winston. Uh, creature shot, but I yep. believe Stan himself did do some of the design on uh, these monsters. So these are the Stan Winston versions of the Universal Classic monsters. And I think overall they all look really cool. Uh, my wife and I disagreed heavily about the Wolfman, who she uh, who she found to be laughably bad. And I'm like, I kind of like the Wolfman in this movie. Like, I know it's a, it looks a little robotic, like his his facial movements, and it, you know, from a modern yeah. sensibility. But it kind of has like a know, weird I, hunchback I like thing they, going on too. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. like not like he's hunched over. It's just like they stuffed pillows in, in his back, and he just—it just looks like he has like oversized like um, fucking shoulder muscles and shit. He's just and I'll give out. this one credit for at least not having a Wolfman vampire fight. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh you've got how, both monsters on the screen and they're not fighting. How about Wolfman's human counterpart? Sorry, human counterpart being played by Uncle Rico from fucking Napoleon Dynamite, who yeah, the that's connection what I mean. he's also yeah. killed yeah, he's by also Dynamite and... has a movie with Napoleon Dynamite. I'm oh, just saying that's what I just wanted to really make that long stretch. Therefore, but the human characters in this pretty much suck <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, I mean they're the 
the band of misfits or whatever, our monster club, are certainly kind of cut out imitations of characters from the Goonies. I think that's what they were going for. Um, Just a bunch of little pricks. Especially since they have, you know, Horace, who is lovingly referred to as Fat Kid throughout the movie. Like, first they uh, make the joke about him being bullied by bullies being Fat Kid. And then his friends call him Fat Kid, too. Yeah, they call him Fat Kid, too. So It's just like, oh, okay. Which is similar to the way that, you know, uh, Chunk is treated in the Goonies film. Yeah, 80s Fat uh, Kids. Yeah, (laughs) making fun of the Fat Kids. And, And these guys are, you know... They're, they're kids in 1987. Like, I feel like it's actually down to the script and all of the terrible stuff we're going to get into about how dated it is and everything. I'm going to go ahead and accurate. say it. It's not a, it's, it's really freaking accurate. Cause I can remember living through these conversations and the language and yeah, it was all there and it's all terrible. And I, you know, but these guys, you know, they talk like eighties kids. They, they, you know, and I, I obviously in 87 would have only been four years old. So, but this is, you know, I still remember like club being clubhouse kids kind of growing up, you know, small town kind of thing. And it's, it's a cool clubhouse. It's surprisingly accurate all the way down to the way they kind of make fun of the scary German guy. And they make jokes about him. Oh, he's just a guy that's on welfare and all this shit. And it's like, yeah, that's the kind of terrible stuff that people say. <laughs> like that is absolutely, um, anyway. It's no, you're. I, I think you're completely right. Um, Does that it's make not it said ironically? I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's just cringing. they wrote it. They, yeah, yeah it yeah. was like let's make it real. And yeah, which does a movie about a monster club, you know, squaring off against your favorite monster all stars, need to be real in that way? I don't know, but it it is like that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the fact they weren't trying to push an envelope, <laughs> right? Right. It was just it it went. It, it didn't even get close to it but yeah so you've got the two main kids of the monster club sean and patrick and then you've got horace or fat kid and then uh rudy, sean's little rudy's sister phoebe yeah. rudy's the the cool kid yeah he's right? the one i was trying to come up with late yeah ryan lambert and then yeah. eugene who's like a kindergartner who wanders around with a puppy wearing a and... confederate hat because they all live in the south. Yeah. So that needs to be. <laughs> but there sad. is a cute thing with the little kid with Eugene, where he writes like a little crayon letter, "Dear Army guys, yeah. send help. There's <laughs> monsters or something," and they actually show up. They actually show up. Cute. Yeah. Um, well, how about the fact Phoebe's that... got her uh, friendship with with Frankenstein's monster, which is really cool. The... And I... Yeah. The homages in this movie are fantastic, but starts off with the homage to the famous, you know monster and child scene in the original Frankenstein yeah. film so yeah, yeah it's yeah some there was the one montage scene though like and, and this gets into i guess some of the things that are really dated is one of the ongoing gags i guess in this is that from their clubhouse they're spying on um <laughs> yeah uh, Patrick's, Patrick's sister, sister. Yeah. Lisa while she undresses and and they're always trying to get a photo and frankenstein's sure. monster accidentally gets it yeah and then they're and all he gets trying like to grab the photo for it. yeah then they're all jumping trying to get it from him but it's like even patrick's jumping and i'm like dude it's your sister dude even yeah. the five-year-old girl is jumping yeah it was just a weird scene i mean i'm but you know i i i saw this when i was a kid and didn't think anything of it yeah because, same like even you know, it so. yeah 
How about the whole narrative of, like, they need a virgin to do the spell at the end, and they use her, and they kept asking her uncomfortably, are you a virgin? And I'm, like, thinking, you guys are fucking virgins. You do know it's not, like, gender exclusive, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, but that's always... In these, that's always the yeah. thing. It's later in our Halloween movie version. watching, uh, later in the month, actually on our Halloween Halloween show this year, we'll watch a movie that will turn that whole virgin thing on its on its head and uses a male character to do that. But yeah, it's usually it is unfortunately, um, they're probably all virgins, but all they you know there has to be a female character. And to the fact that where they use a like five year old girl at the end of the day, yeah. Who is yeah, probably the best character by yeah. default? Yeah, I do. It is cute when she calls him chicken shits. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, but no. And then you got creepy ger- or scary German guy played by uh, Leonardo Semino, who played the G- who's German butler plays- who was punched in the face by Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. Oh, he was the one who goes, right, yeah, and yeah. I am Mickey Mouse. That's right. <laughs> How dare he <laughs> put the fucking punch. Uh, sound. And he's it's he's got this kind of like wasted plot in this yeah. where I mean or it's kind of a throwaway thing where and it's a cool line where you know he tells him you know he they don't have to be scared of him because he's not a vampire see I have a reflection and they say oh you know sure don't know a lot about monsters and he goes oh, I yeah. guess I do and the camera pans in on his okay concentration camp tattoo about I, and I was like oh that's fucking heavy yeah for a, a- 80s kids movie and it just nothing that's all you ever yeah. hear about, it. about I mean, what it. else would they do with that i think it was just a moment like that so it's, it's actually i think kind of a nice moment i, I don't know if it needs to be there but. i want to say he was and my partner pointed this out so i'm giving her credit she she's the one who noticed this background stuff mind you all of it one of that being he he's actually shown to be jewish before the whole hand thing like there's a menorah in his win- window in yeah. the background. Which first off, why is there a menorah in the background during Halloween? Like is that stuff always propped up every year? But there's another candlestick that has a star of David. Yeah, up. some people do. I suppose yeah. so. But there's also a candlestick with a uh uh the star of David sitting on there as well. There if you look at the background, there's a lot of like he is very Jewish. And he is in a concentration camp because he has a B-52 and he knows about Germany. And then it's like, what we're like waiting, once he starts shutting the door, I'm like, this is the moment we're like, they're going to show the tattoo. And like, there it is. Yep. Nailed it. He is Jewish. Yeah. Yep. Just, this movie has a lot of weird background things. Yeah. yeah. And then they're just... Uh, yeah, I. it really does feel like there's more that is... It's sitting somewhere for this movie. Yeah. yeah, and it almost feels like maybe it's... And I don't think this is the case from what I've read about it, but it almost feels like it could be a TV show pilot. There's right. so many strings that could be followed for, like, later episodes or whatever, but, um, you know, if it were to continue... It's got and, that made-for-TV movie length. Like, it, it, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's space. It's only an hour and six, but it feels longer because there's commercials in between type situation. Right. <laughs> but... Yeah, Was there no, ever a... any plan of a sequel to this? I don't think I don't... initially there was. Um, I mean, I can't speak to, like, did did Fred Decker and Shane Black 
you know, have it in their head what they would do if it was a mega hit or something that they would create more. I'm sure that any writer and people making a film, it's going to kind of cross their mind. But yeah, I don't think there was anything planned sequel wise. I don't think it was successful, quite successful enough initially um, to be that kind of a movie. I think it was a bit of a bomb. Um, yeah. I think it would cost, well, let's see, they'll have it here. It cost $12 million to make, only did $3.8 million in the box office. So yeah, it was a major bomb for for them. So yeah, no, no words of sequels. However, after it gained a cult following and years to follow, there's been many announcements that there were going to be remakes of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think Michael Bay had rights to it at one point. Um, yeah. Yeah, anyway. So. But. It's a good I, I premise, have to, but. Yeah, but I, I think. I have to wonder if this is really just more of a movie that it has this cult following because was it just a, a movie that people caught on TV a lot? And so it was just, a, you know, like we talk about, like the nostalgic factor of a movie. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I can see how this could have that if you saw it when you were at a certain age, you know, a certain time. But, and it does have its charms to it, but it's kind of a mess yes it very much is like, as a film it's not one that you if if you didn't grow up watching this or have any kind of interest in this you're not going to watch it and be like oh this is a really great movie it's i think you have to have that personal connection with it from a certain time in a certain era i can tell yeah. you as somebody who watched it, it for the it's first narratively time a big age, mess. yeah hardcore yeah. and i don't think it's just how dated the language is either Oh yeah, yeah. they drop. Um, there's a lot of eighties movies like so that. So many times, and I'm not saying the word "fuck" either. They drop no, the other yeah, F-bomb. It's, it's in there a lot. There's, yeah, there's there's a lot of. It's used in, in the way it was, you know, used by, used by kids. Kids, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, to tease each other, and yeah, it it that make that the fact that that is so prevalent makes it super dated. Like it's just like, eh, well, that's weird. Like, like we're I don't, kind of, I don't hold. I don't think like you know. Shane Black and Fred Deckard are, are like, you know, massive homophobes that meant anything by it. I think they were, you know, writing the way that kids talked. Uh, and yeah, adults at this it's, time. It's a lot like... harder <laughs> now. So, yeah. Yeah. And I just, I wonder why it's had a hard time getting a reboot. I, I just wonder if it's, because it's, a, you know, a lot of people have heard about it. Like you said, we've had it suggested a number of times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's definitely one that's in the god i hate using this phrase but the cultural zeitgeist um yeah. you know it's it's out there well People know of it yeah i but mean i remember the, doesn't the kind of like shock and awe when i said oh i've never seen that movie you know even in my teens people were like what you've never seen monster squad we got to watch monster squad so yeah it's... yeah but i almost wonder if for like for us like one of the earlier films we reviewed was little monsters mm-hmm you know, and that came out when we were really little, and you'd catch it on TV or you'd rent it or something like that. And it was, there were other kids in school talking about it, that kind of a thing. And then we reviewed it and, like, yeah, it's cute, but it's, you know, Nightbreed goofy. Junior. Yeah, it's Nightbreed Junior. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was but not... in this case, I kind of wonder, I, I wonder how much of that has an impact on the cult following. 
Well, yeah. and, and nostalgia it's, it's is so important to cult following. Like cult following of yeah. things, I think people discover things, and it gets especially things. I think the first ingredient is that this was a box office bomb. This thing spread by word of mouth. So word of mouth spread for things, especially among people that were like young and saw this at friends' house, like they're having you know your late night kind of sleepover thing, like watching this cool movie. Um, that's gonna be like. 90% of the absolute love for this film is going to come from that nostalgic experience, probably. Um, I think also then you'll... People like me, who did not necessarily see it growing up, but there's a lot of stuff in this movie that appeals to that inner child and also to my like fanboyness of like the monster movies and stuff. Um, not only is it a monster movie, we get to see the, you know, the, the big hitters, the monster all-stars, essentially, but it's also a movie about monster kids. And that, um, uh, I think, right up growing habit. up as, like, a displaced monster kid, like, I was born way too late, you know, for the famous monsters of, of Filmland kind of uh, Forey Ackerman monster kid um, generation. Um, but, yeah, it, that kind of thing definitely appealed to me, even as an adult seeing this movie. So. I wanted to say, like, this, this premise, this setup, like, you guys were a lot older, but in the later Disney Channel eras, like in the very late 90s, pretty much 2000s, early 2000s, there was a lot of these in, on Disney original uh, channel, uh, um, on a lot of these Disney original movies, sorry, TV movies, uh, like mm-hmm. Halloween Town or like yep. Phantom of the Megaplex or uh, fuck, they just came out with one with a mummy. Like, some kind of boogie mummy. It's still happening. Like, it's very appealing towards preteens. Like, like kids th- fight monsters, the Goosebumps e- movies. Yeah. yeah. It's very... The like, whole Goosebumps series. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, have, I certainly have a nostalgic place in my heart for all of that sort of thing. So, so it, yeah, it, sure. has, it has its... Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that really continues to work and there's a good interest in it. However... It, this this one is a little bit like I think this one tapped into something that Disney Channel saw. They're like, but let's kind of make it age appropriate, especially for like at the time that they were being made. Whereas this one's just like this one has edge and weird spots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this is a movie that I think gained a cult following, and I'm saying this having not seen the documentary, which probably explains how it gained the cult following. But mm-hmm. I would guess that it, a part of it at least had to have been the playability on TV, right? Like in on movie channels or you know, yeah, like probably the, cable. Yeah. I bet it cable took off kind of that things, way. Yeah, where this could have been mildly edited for TV, kind of a thing, and. You're going to catch part of it. And if you catch the last half of it, when it's more a little more effects heavy, then you might sit and watch the rest of it if you're a certain age. Yeah, Sitting through it from beginning to end is a bit of a chore because really the story in this regarding Dracula, which we haven't really talked about, but Dracula is going after this amulet that, I don't know. It, I, I watched it once all the way through. And then rewatched it a little. We watched it again with my wife. I actually watched this one twice, um, <laughs> for this, and I still don't fully get what the hell's going on. It's yeah, just the like all of a sudden there's monsters in the Midwest. It's yeah. weird yeah. when like hell. It's, it's a limbo portal. It's yeah. weird when Van Helsing for 
fucked up as that movie is, still somehow manages to have a more cohesive plot, weirdly enough, given that movie's too long. Oh, I don't know. That movie is... <laughs> but, I, but I'm saying, you still... Like, there's stupid motivations, but you see the motivations and the plans leading up to them, at least. The, but that movie's too long and bloated. Yeah. This movie yeah. is way too short. And, like, they're skipping things they don't need to skip. <laughs> like it's like well, they, they're like the reverses of each of you other summarize what the hell is going on with like dracula getting this and what what's well, it, I, seriously i think I, dracula's I, motivation is simply to destroy it like he knows it's okay. a danger to them he knows that you know van helsing in the past and now this thing is oh, you know, floating I, around that he's going to send it the the doesn't want to get sent into the whatever that limbo universe is you know when the evil dead tunnel opens up in the sky kind of thing and uh so yeah i, I think that's his motivation is find and destroy amulet yeah. so yeah but so, then he so. finds it and he waits around he doesn't just yeah. destroy yeah well it, it, yeah so it doesn't make i want to say that this is what this movie's plot is so bad because i actually have a completely different take on it than what eric oh, just stated okay. And that's that's what I mean. It's just, it's weird because when you said what you said, I'm like, huh? Is that what it was? Because what I thought it was is that the amulet can be used by either good or evil, and whoever has it can do whatever they want, essentially. Yeah. Like, well, no, that, good that's either... totally true. Maybe he's gonna open up the floodgates and bring all the evil creatures. You know, Maybe that. Yeah. The, um, you know, form like the super monster team. Because I felt know, like he wanted. Cthulhu marching through the. I felt I felt like he wanted the amulet to rule the world, but he couldn't get to it because it was covered in crosses and shit. Because like he, only a yeah. hundred years, this you can do it or something. Yeah, like that. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. You see, like the, the, every so hundred years is like, yeah, you, you can open the gateway every hundred years. So yeah, he, you're right. He's probably not maybe destroy it as I was being presumptuous, but like is is well, it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. he, he's wanting to control it for some reason of his, you know, to the, his ends, and yeah, it very well could be that he wants to control the portal. I like, don't know what to end, to what ends. They don't explain it, but and even they don't even explain how it gets going. Like you get this weird, you know, first few minutes thing, and then yeah, you get a present. virgin to say some words in German. Yeah, virgin to say some words. They blew it, and it's like, how did they blow it? I don't understand. You know, there's the scr- the, the 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 text at the beginning yeah. about like. You know, Van Helsing tried they to got stop sucked into the, ger- into the, you know, into limbo instead of the well, monsters. But what's yeah, weird that, I, that wasn't really clear though because I thought he just he, did Dracula. What he did, I just didn't get what the hell was going on. And yeah. then it jumps to the present day and some shit happens. And then you get the airplane scene is what I'm trying to get to. Oh where yeah, okay. there's this plane going overhead. You read the Wikipedia thing. It's like this government agency. I'm like, says who? It's the weirdest exchange between the pilot and the co-pilot ever. <laughs> yeah. This job sucks. This job's great. You're right. This is great. What the fuck was that? And then... <laughs> well, and the fun, the this... weirdest thing is that you get a name actor, um, and an, in, David Proval is uh, the pilot in the movie. And, and this is not like... He's already like an actor that's been in like two or three Scorsese films and like... What what is he doing in this thing? Is he just oh you know Shane Black a favor or something at this point? Like why is he this bit part in this movie? But anyway, I would argue yes. Yeah, but, uh... and then Dracula <laughs> appears, and they pull the the cargo bay opening, 
Which is randomly on a small plane, apparently. Just a random yeah. cargo drop and, trap door. And I noticed this because, again, I watched this twice. One box falls out, and, you know, of course, Dracula can fly, so he just hovers. But mm-hmm. one box falls out. When it cuts to the swamp, two boxes are, like, there. Like, two yeah. boxes crash. So, edit. But then Dracula turns into bed, and it's just, like, randomly... That's the shit that gets me. All this stuff just kind of randomly happens. Well, no. They randomly fall into the swamp in this town. Or is this all happening in the same town? Yeah. I mean, I assume so, yeah. Somehow and this... And it just so happens the amulet's there. And it just so happens everything is right there. Yeah. Except for... I think they were going for that and... town. I, Dracula had control over that situation, I feel like. He was dropping coffins. I mean, that's what he was doing. But, but he... Doing, like, Operation but, Monster Drop. Like, but here's the thing. He didn't drop himself. The dude did. Because yeah. Dracula just, was going to kill like him. He was going to drop him there anyway? Right. Was it all yeah. part of this weird, convoluted, Joker-esque plan? I assume <laughs> there was a plan. We don't get to know what it is for some weird reason. But, yeah, I, I, at least I'm assuming, like, Dracula has this all planned. Maybe that's just me giving credit to, and, to the character. But Well, the other I, reason I brought up... The, the reason I brought up the two boxes falling versus the one is... Did he have the gill man in a box? No. The gill man was so, part of the swamp. So it just happened to be there too. Well, here's what and I was going to say. To be a the werewolf gill man had town. to have come from come from somewhere. I mean, they all came together in a way like that's Well, not Of course, yeah, I don't it'd know. Be one thing man, if like I creatures are coming across the countryside to meet here cuz he's called them, well, you know, like Godzilla and other kaiju or some yeah. shit. Here's but. how I read it. Here's the weird thing. Gilman is in the swamp that the the old plantation house that they live in that's full of dynamite also is at, which also houses the amulet. So somehow the amulet, which, by the Maybe way, the, the amulet, the, when it starts to wake up, calls to them and they all just found their way there. That's what potentially. We'll but I'm just thinking <laughs> like the amulet is green when there's good and it turns red when it's bad. But that's irrelevant. What I was going to say here, my weird little fanfic into my head is like, does the does the Gilman own that plantation that the swamp is on as well as the swamp because that would be kind of a cool thing the idea of a southern uh gill man and now it brought completely weird racial vibes in terms of black lagoon never mind i'm not gonna go on that or or is it like an airbnb extension of hotel transylvania or is this one of those situations where you like you have those conferences in different parts of the area with and it's like, oh, it's the Gilman's turn to host the, the every <laughs> twenty century. We're doing, yeah, we're doing it at Gilly's house this year. Doing it at Gilly's. <laughs> it's like he's a little bit of a racist. I I know yeah. we won't talk about it, but I mean he is a cursed oh, plantation owner who is like yeah, it's <laughs> it's all these like things that just don't make sense, and then all the little trapdoor stuff in that mansion they're in. Nothing is. Nothing makes Strange. sense. Like, what Nothing about makes what about sense. the Mister? What about Mister Acula? What about the fucking Mister Acula on the white on the whiteboard thing? Like oh, for him card. Yeah. He, he sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Which I is a callback, of course, to Universal movie as well. But yeah. But the and whole, Hammer movies and. Yeah. But this is my that whole fucking scene. He, he like they just in, first off the lights are out and there's candles everywhere and like oh there was just a thunderstorm which was used to resurrect Frankenstein. But there's no correlation. They don't tell you the powers out. You're just wondering like why is this terrible mother leaving an open flamed candle in her daughter's fucking room when she goes to sleep. <laughs> like what weird ass yeah, parenting technique no. is this? Don't do that. And then like that's yeah. what, 
And then you realize like, oh no, the power went out. We jumped for some reason. And then you see this whiteboard thing saying, Mr. Uh, Alucard asking for a book could possibly get money for it. Is he from a school? And we're like, did Dracula interact with mom after she already got this weird Helsing book from the fucking like local yeah, sounds, what's sounds going like Dracula on Dracula gave mom a call and left a message which doesn't seem really in this Dracula's character but it's like be, he wasn't really playing it like low key ever at any point so maybe in some version of the script he was at first I don't know but how about this fucking yeah. kid trying to de- decipher Ac- uh, uh, Alucard first off where he's just <laughs> I, I, he, I, he didn't know to switch it backwards right away he's first like it's like no it must be jumbled <laughs> and then he's like no, i i missed it. actually how he even got that book uh, honestly mom I gave it to him yep. yeah but like, she found it at a yard got? sale or something yeah. oh, church sale or something like that oh that's yeah. right that's right yeah. it was just this random fucking thing it's like oh yeah it said van helsing so i got it for you because you're into all that monster stuff isn't he the guy that fights godzilla like that's yeah yeah that's right it, it just again the randomness of all of this and it's so it's so bad it, at times you wonder if it's intentional the more ah, we talk mm. about it the more i i think that this is like a script that was it, it, maybe they shot it i don't know but at least on a script level this was pared down from a longer script that had more stuff going on that somebody got a hold of it be it a producer be it the director i don't know and just went Oh, we don't need this. This is a kid's movie. We don't need this. Let's throw this out. Let's throw yeah. this out. And eventually just ended up getting, like, this bare-bones version of it that just barely holds together. It's a Scooby-Doo plot. It's like, <laughs> right. So yeah. you think you got Justice Leaked? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I'm going to use by that somebody again at sometime. some point. Like, <laughs> so you're saying there's some, a four-hour cut, the Sean Black cut? There's there's probably you know a you know a regular 90-minute cut that co- you know covers. I don't know. I don't know if there's a cut that exists. I don't know if they even shot it. I mean, who knows? This could have all happened at the script level. But yeah, yeah, it definitely didn't do it any help. Any no. favors? No. And and I think perseverating on it to a certain extent is is. You know, we could we could nitpick at it all day because there's a lot to nitpick. But it's kind of fun to nitpick. I won't lie. <laughs> you know what's fun? I think is what I've been having fun with this conversation is is filling in the gaps with my own like head cannon going. Okay, yeah, that's what it's going to be. I'm just going to accept that that's what happened. So I'm telling you, um, racist Gilman is definitely. I get what you're saying with head cannon. Like it, that seems like I, a fun adventure. But again, I wonder because I I look at other movies that become cult classics, and this one just feels different for some reason. Like, I don't really get exactly why it has such a cult following because it's not it's not even in that kind of so bad it's good Ooh. It, it's it, keep going i don't know <laughs> this this was one where i feel like the more i've watched it the less i like it oh, uh, really i can tell yeah. you this is the first time i watched it and i I have no need to see it again and I'm quite disappointed because I was excited because it was ham like brought up it's like this is a cult classic I was so excited like telling my partner like this is going to be great you can even watch this and then we're like watching it and just like this is so disappointing it really made me sad because I really like because the special effects are amazing it's exactly everything that you want it's like the hell scene thing like mm-hmm. this premise should have worked. This should be way more entertaining, but somehow they fucked up some shit. 
that makes yeah, it kind of Yeah, there not... might be a, I don't know, I'll save that line, I guess, for my final thoughts here in a few minutes. But um, no, yeah, it's just this one, it, it feels like, I don't know, maybe you have to be really in the right mood for something like this because it it's not bad, you know, in an ironic way. Yeah. Or a self-aware way. It's just poorly edited and poorly written and yeah the effect the the monster make the effects in this are, are pretty cool even the the dracula there's like a couple of scenes where you get like this weird monster face flash on him and it's kind of cool mm-hmm. right um but it I... just it it moves faster than its feet can carry it and so it just stumbles yeah i i over, do think there's a lot of again. problems narratively with this film but i do think what what is appealing about it is that well first of all it's it's an 80s version of a monster mash movie you know we're getting yeah uh, the uh universal monsters back in an you know solely through an 80s kind of lens but um i also think it, it maintains being fun although there are those weird like background pieces that like maybe there was supposed to be some like darker depth to this story but then they went nope don't need that and threw it out of the script but um it's fun, and I think it's legitimately funny at points too. Like it's it's got its charm. Um, it's I don't know. It's trying to make a case that like this is some fantastic movie would be foolish because it's not. It's got a lot of problems. Uh, I don't even know if you can sit through this and follow the plot if you wanted to try to like map it out, like what exactly was going on, what the motivations of the characters were, because I think we're missing a good chunk of it. But um, yeah. But I find it to be an entertaining movie. Still, it, it's it's fun and funny, and uh, you know, kind of gets done when it needs to do quickly. And um, that's true. Could it, does, have it been just better. jumped straight to the yes. point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, surely you could do something like this better than this movie. But it's certainly got personality, and I think the monsters are great. So if that's what you show up for, it's you know, it's it's Monster Squad, and yeah. Yeah. you're getting. You know, you're getting that. It it gives you what you want, monsters wise, and so. I do want to well, ask, and... like, because I was going to ask this when we when we started doing the monster breakdown things. Um, out of the five monsters, it's Gilman, Dracula, Frankenstein, Mummy, Wolfman. Who, to you guys, uh, who were your top? Like, in what what order from coolest to least cool would you actually put it? Who's your favorite monster? Second, so on. Like in, the, in this movie with this design, in context of this movie, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Design. Portrayal, design, every, overall everything. Like, how would you guys put rate them in a certain order? Can I can I break portrayal and design? Uh, Gilman's my favorite design. I okay, think. yeah, but he yeah. doesn't he doesn't get much to do in the movie. He just looks cool. Uh, he's actually ends up not like you said earlier, not being all that threatening. One shotgun blast and bye bye Gilman. But. Um, I think depiction-wise, it's it's definitely Frankenstein's monster in this. Tom Noonan's Frankenstein is charming and funny and, I don't know, just I'm a point. really, like, nice yeah. kids' movie depiction of this monster. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm cheating and I'm going with two, but that's... That's cool. You can even... Yeah. Do you have, like, a least favorite one? Least favorite and uh, is probably going to be Dracula which because he's my favorite character like in general like out of all of these monsters you know he's dracula is kind of the ultimate and so 
I think I do tend to like 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 I sounded off on the Richard Roxburgh Dracula, um, tend to take it a bit more seriously. And yeah, he just doesn't. They kind of have to put him in the disguise to make him even work as a character as such. Otherwise, he's just kind of the big bad, kind of generic. Um, I do think he's a bit better than last week's, but you know, I, that doesn't mean much. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Joe? Um, I, I guess to kind of echo what Eric did from a design perspective, yeah, Gilman and then Wolfman, um, those designs are really good. Um, and then, it, but just as it regards to characterization, yeah, I think, I think the Frankenstein's monster was probably the the best. Um, as far as like a favorite, I don't know. It's kind of hard with that one because you're only really getting characterizations of him and then kind of Dracula. The other one's not really characterization. So, yeah, yeah. you know, but yeah, I agree. You know, very good characterization, but just from design alone, I, I still put Dracula at the end. Like, eh, he's, a, he's Dracula. He's fine. The mummy actually looked a little more interesting than this Dracula did, but that's okay. I, um, yeah. I think I actually am pretty much echoing the same things. For me, the top, and because uh, I'm just combined them is um, well, mainly it's it's Frankenstein I enjoyed the most, and Gilman is a second because his design is cooler, even cooler than Frankenstein's, but Frankenstein just has a little bit more um, whatever to him. Uh, weirdly enough, the third is the Mummy for me. Uh, mm. Uh, and for the Wolfman, it's like it probably would have been higher, but I can't get past the like the face part of it. The Nards. Oh, it's the almost face. like the okay. the stretched out face. It, it's like the eyes are kind of on the side of the head. It's it makes me laugh. I enjoy it for not the reason they want you to. Uh, so it actually got knocked down a peg. Weirdly enough, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but they do some cool shit with him at least. So that's a tough one. And you know what? It's it's a pretty safe looking werewolf. That's what. Yeah, it's a pretty safe. Yeah, one. it's not. It, it doesn't have that kind of you know Lon Chaney Jr. pig nose thing. Um, it's not Oliver Reed looking vaguely teddy bear like. Um, <laughs> you know, it's but it's not gonna like horrify the kids. It's not the werewolves from the Howling. Right. You know? Right. And um or something like that so it, it was safe for the kids at the time and then you know really this movie was tar- was aimed at the same age bracket that Van Helsing was yeah yeah and yeah. it just kind of shows how what's considered okay for young teens to see over time is, is chain I'm not judging that I'm just pointing out the difference like you know I mean as of like actual like violence and and I think there it's got a similar amount of graphic violence and it just done yeah. with a different you know aesthetic so well, yeah. I actually van helsing's got a ton more graphic violence it's just you know cartoonish and and but yeah. uh, ryan you said something a little while ago about like the the disney channel shows and mini movies or movies and yeah. you know i mentioned the goosebumps books and maybe that's the reason why you know a movie like this that was made in 87 where it's you know kids fighting monsters it's so overdone now like it's, it's well not just overdone all over you also get better stories to some and extent. you get better stuff yeah well, like the goosebumps you know, like I said, series i would say serialized yeah. it yeah yeah and 
like you see no, it better it's... done and treated more seriously like where as a kid you could truly feel like a cool fantasy and a goosebumps thing like and legitly feel like both that excitement for like a nostalgic monster movie while also fear fe- having some real element of fear uh and like watching like appear overcome that with this it's just like I hate all the. I don't want to be friends with any of these kids. I would hate these kids yeah. as a kid. <laughs> like I'm like. Yeah. Ugh. And I don't like that they made you know. Well, they. I think, they're I think they're real. I think you're right. Trying when you said to be real. make them relatable. But yeah, they like they were supposed to be like the outcasts. You know, the kind of like monster kids that you know you or I as a kid <sighs> being kind of like that should have related to. You know who yeah, these kids they are. Really relatable. Yeah. These kids, because you like, I agree that you when you said that these kids are accurate depictions of kids i'm like yes these kids do exist it's just it's just the wrong kids to appeal to these are all the 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 hateful fan bases this is them as kids <laughs> like the level I of mean, cruelty that, that they have towards one another and like over like the most minute piece of information i'm like you can't be in our club if you can't name the second thing that kills werewolf okay what is it i don't know either but you can't because you didn't answer it i'm like oh my god yeah. oh my god no. these are the people hating yeah. last jedi like you can't yeah, you can't do the fucking grown. fade at the end and it's like they haven't grown out of that yeah which you just blew it wide open there this monster sorry. club was toxic this is toxic this is a right toxic now. fan base and then they get guns they're rewarded for yeah. the oh my god this is a reagan era <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense yeah. it's all coming well, together I mean, the Reaganomics was the jewel all the time <laughs> this is what happens when you don't have a clear cut story <laughs> yeah. Gilman's yeah, a racist lots of room for filling in the gaps Dracula like... voted for Reagan <laughs> <laughs> I buy, I well I mean it, it, it kind of you know it encapsulates suburban life in 1987 you know yep <laughs> Kids are going to get in. I mean, and I think you're right. This is a definitely a, a send off of, of Goonies. Um, even, but it's funny too that the the tagline for the movie is you know who to call if it's ghosts. You know, but this is the Monster Squad, so they're even kind of nudging in a little yeah. bit on Ghostbusters or trying to. Um, Which was over three years old already when this came out, but right. But kids loved it. Kids wanted to be a Ghostbuster. They wanted to fight the the scary stuff. And, you know, so this kind of helped usher that in. I'll, you know, I'll give it mm-hmm. that. Not that it didn't agree before. I mean, shit, you know, Hardy Boys. Um, <laughs> right? It goes back to that, It's really. funny that you, you know, say that because Saturday, my partner and I, we just watched the Hardy Boys series on Hulu. And then we were supposed to watch this movie, The Monster Squad. We were th- but we were like, ah, oh, it's three hours. Did we just finally finish this stupid fucking Hardy Boys show? Because it's not perfect. It's not great, but we're already in it. Or do we watch Monster Squad? Fuck it. We can save Monster Squad for Sunday. It's going to be a nice stormy night. We're enjoy that. Let's just get through this crap. And then we watch this movie going, oh, fuck, the Hardy Boys is better. <laughs> we should have watched this, then the Hardy Boys. We made a mistake. Um, so when you said well, Hardy guess- Boys, so... With 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 that, why don't we uh, yeah. move into final thoughts and grades? And Ryan, why don't you just keep it going? Fine. Yeah. No. I. I. It's. I. I am very disappointed in this fucking movie, and I'm legitly sad about it. You know, like I've been trying to do a lot of the '80s cult classic uh, B movie films, like the last stuff that you see at a local cinema on a weekend. 
um, like small cinemas, if you guys, if some people still have those. Um, and like, you know, I was always wary about, but this podcast has always introduced really cool opportunities to do that. Like seeing, uh, killer clowns from outer space. I was always hesitant. This podcast made me do it. And I realized I really fucking love this. This is very fucking fun. <laughs> Uh, and I was really looking forward to like, well, Monster Squad, looking at like everything I know about it and what I've been told about it, this has to be a no-brainer. And seeing it going like, oh, I thought this would have been better than Van Helsing. And like, I don't have the nostalgia to save this one bit. And I will argue, it's weird to say, I have more nostalgia for Van Helsing, which is an awful movie. It deserves the range of shitty grades it got. I'm just a mutant. <laughs> is that with this one like going in like this is bad for opposite reasons <laughs> like this did this is this is just the other end of these fucking monster mash movies when the fuck are we gonna get a really fucking good one a really fun one is it just gonna be brendan Fraser's the mummy that's okay but i mean we it would be nicer <laughs> i guess i'll just keep watching doom patrol at least we get that um this oh man this movie got a d from my partner and i felt like that was a little too harsh but like i'll be nice i'll give it a c minus uh but i'm sorry this movie's not good if you liked it as a kid then that's perfectly fine i'm not going to shame you for that but it's just like it but it's not good (laughs) the practical effects are great but everything else isn't who's next what about you Eric? yeah um I think I'm gonna be the optimist here, but Sorry. everything that we uh, that we discussed about this movie not being very good is totally accurate. But I'm gonna go off of that this movie's a lot of fun. Um, however, I gotta knock a few points off because I don't know if you can just pick this up and show it to anybody because man, is it dated in a lot of ways too. Um, and the fact that it's not a good movie, you gotta be you gotta kind of be in the right mindset, but. I really appreciate the love and care that went into the monster characters in this, the mm-hmm. homages to the original Universal Monster movies. Uh, all of that stuff is right there. It's all fan service, but I'm a fan and it works. So It's beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I have a lot of fun with that. It is not a perfect movie. It's not even really a good movie. Like Joe pointed out right off the right off the bat, is the human characters in this movie aren't very interesting. There's not a lot to build on. They're just kind of like, hey, let's do Goonies again. Uh, we'll put my monsters in it this could have literally been a goonies sequel um but i don't know it's a it's monster squad i showed up for the monsters i'm I'm never disappointed by that it's grown on me a bit and like i said i i laugh like there's there's some legitimately funny stuff going on in this movie there's some good lines and just some stuff that works i think it's like middle of the road i'm gonna give it um i'll give it a c plus um (laughs) just uh yeah, I enjoy it. It's fun. It's not anything that's like best movie ever kind of material, not even in like the cult sense. And I don't really have that like I grew up and saw it when I was a kid nostalgia, but it hits me in the nostalgia still because it's so wrapped around things that were important to me as a child. So, yeah, I think that's where I'll hit land. C+. plus. I have a really weird experience with this movie because I, I really liked it. I wouldn't say it was a favorite film, but it was one that I spoke of you know positively and most of my life that i've known of this movie and and talked about it it was in a positive way and just a few years ago as i mentioned watching it i was like yeah it's still good and watching it now i've had this totally different experience 
I'm not saying that the podcast has ruined movies for me, but it, it's expanded <laughs> your mind and given you it. It's this. I think for me was a good exercise in in watching something. How I watch things critically sometimes because, uh, and I don't mean that like I am a critic, but just the way that you watch something when you're getting ready to discuss it, and it actually I think I I didn't have enough fun with it this time because technically it is a total mess this feels like uh, an incomplete movie um the only thing that feels like got finished were the effects because the the makeup stuff is actually pretty good nothing looks crappy you don't people meant like ryan you said um you two didn't really care for the the werewolf design fair enough but it looks it's functional oh yeah like you may not like the design but at least it doesn't look like you know a bad suit or something all the makeup stuff in here it's looks really really good it's leagues better than the fucking garbage wolfman we got in the last movie we reviewed yeah i'd <laughs> rather this than better than just you know big cgi battle <laughs> like let but, me confuse uncle rico for either tom or the other dude <laughs> who played Igor. right it, it, it's so i don't know i, I just kind of have this weird thing where like oh i i every time i watch this i like it less and so, I don't know. I'm actually gonna gonna go with the C minus on this one too. Um, I'm not saying it's horrible mm. and there's nothing enjoyable about it. There's is a cult <laughs> following, and I I never would say that I was part of that cult following, but I appreciated it more than I did now for some reason, and I'm not sure why. I watched it twice this time, and still both times like eh. So so we're just. The, uh... Couple it, of sea it, dogs, this is a huh? very meh movie. I'm, I'm a, I, I, this is maybe is one that the cult following has grown past where I'm willing to go with it. That's but an, it's it's worth for it's worth it for a few scenes. Yeah, it is worth it for a few scenes, but they all involve the monsters and they're all like in the second half of the movie. So I maybe you can just skip to those, or maybe it's worth a YouTube and not the full the full the full viewing i do have i do have a comment to make because i'm looking at the time as we record this we're currently at 108 how this gets edited it would probably be close to an hour dependent but if this is kept we're we're gonna be pushing runtime yeah we're officially just as long as the movie (laughs) without the credits just just to be aware to anyone who's listened to this you can probably play this podcast as you watch the movie and we will end around the same fucking time means we've almost officially completed our first feature commentary so that's so uh, do that challenge well and we hope at the very best you enjoyed this discussion on the video junkyard podcast as much as the movie itself oh they definitely hopefully are willing to sit through both uh but if you do have any questions comments criticisms or criticisms about uh, Monster Squad or want to share your opinions of it or your experience with it or maybe correct us on something uh, please feel free to send any of those comments to the Video Junkier Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod, on Pinterest and Instagram and also on Facebook with our, which is now up and running again it was down today uh, <laughs> Big news, which, big news uh, yeah. Big news, it was huge news uh, but it is up and running again, and you can find us on the Video Junkyard Podcast group or the main Video Junkyard Podcast page. If you leave us a comment, we'll be happy to read it or uh, and respond. And the Video Junkyard Podcast now has an official Patreon page. If you like what you hear and would consider giving a little bit back to help us produce the show. Got any um, money? We would very much appreciate that. Uh, of course, your donation comes with a uh, different tiers of membership. Uh, help vote 
to decide what movies that we watch on the show, some uh, things including members-only content, or you know, just some cool uh, Video Junkyard podcast swag. So go check out the different levels of membership if you uh, want to consider giving a little bit back to the show. Uh, either way, we appreciate you being here uh, at the Video Junkyard podcast. And coming up on the show, we're going to continue our Halloween feature for this year, and that is... Uh, movies classic movies from the era where we grew up the video store era next week we're going to be looking at 1985's fright night which is another old favorite of mine uh followed by the big halloween show which we're going to be looking at uh hocus pocus a movie that kind of needs no introduction to people our age i feel like so um yeah join us for those and then we'll, we'll march into november i'll let you know what's coming up after that I also with also uh always check back on the the facebook page um we have the schedule there all the time, so if you check on the Facebook page or in the Facebook group, tacked at the very top of our um, feed is uh, the next four weeks of what's coming up on the calendar. So anytime you do want to know what's coming up on the podcast and you don't want to listen all the way through or fast forward all the way through to the end to listen to me tell you, it is there for you anytime you want. We want to thank you once again for joining us for the Video Junkyard Podcast, and we hope you will share around and join us again next week. And until then, this is Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Seiskel saying... Give me the amulet, you bitch! You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but... I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.